0: We're going to read from uh, the Bible together from the book of Acts. And so you have it in your worship guide under the scripture reading section. Or uh, if you have Bibles, and particularly you kids, if you have Bibles or uh, uh, they are, if you don't have one, they're available for you uh, at the back of the room just outside the doors. Uh, I would encourage you to open up and find the book of Acts as I read. I'm going to read from chapter 16, verses 6 through 15. Please uh, follow along with me. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Musia, they attempted to go into Bethunia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So... Passing by Musia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we saw it to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and following the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, and, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city some days, and on the Sabbath, we went outside to the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thetira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of uh, the questions that uh, I regularly ask myself or that I hear and I am sure you are familiar with is the question, why are we here? And uh, that question, why are we here, it can be asked in different ways. Uh, Like the emphasis can be on the why. Uh, Say, for instance, you're stuck in traffic and normally you should be going 65 or some of you faster, uh, and you're going 25, then the emphasis is like, why are we here? Maybe it has something to do with the sirens that are passing by. Could be, you never know, uh, but the emphasis on why. Now, uh, for those of you who are kids, uh, you may have turned and asked your question, this question to your parents or to others with an emphasis on we. Why are we here? You know? Or, like 72% of the meetings that I've ever participated in prior to the life of Mosaic, I've raised this question, why are we here? Uh, Wondering uh, who just got to set the invites for the gathering. When it comes to the core values of Mosaic, and when we think of the idea of place, we want to put the emphasis on the here. Why are we here? Why is it that God has us here? And how may that shape the day in and day out decisions of how we think about our lives and how we think about ministry, both individually and as a full community? How may it shape our resources and how we use them? How may it shape the continuing education of our staff? How may it shape how we structure community groups and the rhythms of life of our church? And so, one of our core values is place, and in going after this idea of place, we put the emphasis on here. Why are we here? It is common in this area uh, to answer that question, why are we here, uh, often to kind of our immediate circumstances, Kids, you may likely answer that emphasis on here with because my parents moved here and I didn't really have a choice in the matter. Uh, Or for some of you, it may be school um, or it could be a job or fellowship uh, or an opportunity in life that you felt like you needed to do. Uh, It could be the pursuit of some higher goal, and this particular geographical region uh, makes the most sense to accomplish where you're headed, whether it's in education or politics or your specific vocation. Some in our community, our immigrant neighbors, may answer that question, why am I here, Uh, with the answer that it just made sense. They were joining a community uh, of uh, their people uh, who are here, and so it was a place where they don't have to code switch uh, or where they don't have to constantly seek to be understood. So there are all sorts of reasons kind of in the immediate uh, purview of why we may be here, But the Bible, when it talks about place, it tends to zoom out just a bit and remind each of us, while those things are all true and good examples of often why we're here, that there's more to our answer than just our immediate circumstances. There's a bit of a zooming out. It's as if the various authors of scripture are pinching their fingers on the story of God's redemptive work in our world, and it zooms out a bit to let us catch the vision that in an ultimate sense, we're here because that's what God has for us. And so, this story in Acts is often interesting to me. It's often passed over. Commentators chop it up in different ways, and they don't spend a lot of time with it. It is chock full of questions of place. Why is it that when they were headed through the regions of Phrygia and Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia? Like what's, what does it mean, Forbidden? Why is it that the spirit of Jesus, the only time that that phrase is used in the entire New Testament, uh, and I don't think that means that it's something exotic, I, I just think it's a way of Luke communicating to us through the book of Acts that God has shown up to his people, that he is present and speaking to them, but that he doesn't allow them to move forward. And then Paul experiences this vision. And the result of being uh, forbidden, whatever the dynamics of that are, from heading to a particular region, and the spirit of Jesus working in their life, and this vision, the net result of those things are that they conclude in verse 10 that God had called them to preach the gospel to the people of Macedonia. So they could have attributed it to a bunch of immediate circumstances, but there is this practice in Scripture to understand that we live in God's world. The fancy theological way of saying that uh, is that God exercises providence, that he is engaged with his people and he cares for them, even in the places that we are now. So why are we here It may be, in a most immediate way, that it's because of a variety of work or school or other related reasons, but it's also because this is where God has us. And so, in Scripture, there is this reminder that we should not take that for granted. When I was a younger man and uh, trying to learn about what it meant to be married and what it meant to be a Christian in this area, uh, there were all sorts of challenges, and there was an older man named Steve Brown, who was an elder at my church. He looked like uh, the typical mall Santa that you used to see before the days of COVID, like huge white beard, and with that came a massive amount of wisdom, and we were in a community group together, and I thought that he dressed in an interesting way. I thought that he spoke with uh, a quite sophistication uh, for what I was used to, but one of the impressions that he made on my life. One of the ways in which he helped reshape how I think about the world is that he regularly talked about divine appointments. And I remember the first time I heard that, it felt like he was kind of over spiritualizing everything. What do you mean, divine appointments? And so I just kind of nodded, like I, I knew what he was talking about, which I, I, I didn't. I just said, Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Steve. That's fantastic. But uh, when I got to a level of comfort with Steve that I could say, Steve, what are you talking about? Like, are you just spiritualizing, you know, a traffic jam? Or are you just kind of like making— And and what Steve responded with, and this isn't his exact quote, but what he did is he pinched down on how I viewed the world. And he zoomed out and said, Joel, look, there are a few different ways that you can look at or uh, deal with the place where God has you. You can think of all of the challenges that it brings, or how hard it makes your life, or the ways that you wish it were different. And all of those things are, in a sense, fine, so I don't want you to feel rebuke if you regularly do that. But Steve would make the case that there's more. There's more to it than that. And when we think about the times in our life when we have some place to go and we run into our neighbor and our neighbor wants to talk and they want to talk a lot, that we have a couple of ways to view that. And Steve would say what helps me in those moments is to remind myself that God has placed us here. That God has called us here, and so to think of that as a divine appointment helps him zoom out just a little bit. And instead of thinking of the immediacy of his to-do list, or instead of thinking about how inconvenienced he is, he would say, maybe this is what God has for me now. And that way of looking at life has shaped the community of Mosaic Silver Spring because in the history of our church, in a given year, 22% of our membership rotates. It moves out and moves on, often for really good reasons. Graduations, new jobs, promotions or moving on to the next phase of their life. And so what that means is that Mosaic Silver Spring in lower Montgomery County can often have a feel of uh, a college campus or a transient city uh, where people come and they're there for a season and then they move on. And that means we have a choice. We can choose to not really think much about our place or try to escape it or just view it as something to be weathered for the short period of time that we're here. Or we could view our time here as a divine appointment, as a God-given opportunity to meet others, to learn, to grow, and to ask the question, what God is calling us to do here and now for however many days or weeks or months or years that we're here and he has us here. And that's our practice at Mosaic Silver Spring. So when it comes to our core value of place, we are trying to follow in this idea that God places us, calls us to specific places for periods of time. And to take that serious, to not try to escape it, to not merely complain about it, but to take it seriously and to think through how we can be faithful as people of faith here and now. That is what Paul and his companions do. And so you see when they show up, they didn't say, man, what are we doing here? They continue to do mission. And so in verses 11 through 15, they show up to the city gate. It's just this very localized sense of let's just go to where the people are, where God has called us, and let's engage them. And that's what they do. The net result of that is that a group of women come together to pray, and in engaging them, Lydia repents and believes she and her household are baptized, and then she shows hospitality uh, to Paul and to the others. It's this beautiful picture of taking serious where God had called them and then just trying to be faithful in that place. That's how we think through the core value of place when we think about our time or energy or resources. Because of the density of where God has called us, because of all of the work and needs and things that we can do to faithfully proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we focus mostly on Down County, Montgomery County. That's where roughly 90 plus percent of the people who participate in the Life of Mosaic Uh, live or function or do day-to-day life and it is where we try to pour in energy it's where we try to think through what is the culture like here what are the struggles that people have how can we love our neighbors well what are the questions about faith that are unique to our time and place right here What are the ways in which people have to grow in their intercultural competency, so to speak, to engage because we live in such a global and diverse place? These are the things that we think through as we consider our place and where God has us as a church. And the goal in this is to faithfully follow Jesus. It is Jesus who showed up to a particular place some 2,000 years ago and ministered faithfully to a fairly small geographical region. He got to know the people, he spoke to their needs, he touched their lives, and then he accomplished redemption, not just for them, but for us. And so as a church, there are always limits on what we can do, how many people we have, how much time we have, how much money we have, how much uh, energy we can expend. When we think through all of those things, we want to invest it in the place that God has called us. Not because that's the only way to do ministry, and I hope it doesn't come off that way, but it is because we are following this idea that we can zoom out on God's calling of us all of us, here and now, and then follow in Jesus' pattern through getting to know our specific place. And so what that means is uh, we uh, don't try to podcast and videocast and market nationally or internationally or even much beyond the down county area really at all. I guess, Dan, if that's accurate. uh, Really at all. We try to be faithful right here to where God calls us because that's the work that we have to do. So I have a friend who is a rural pastor in the state of Texas, and his place is like 200 miles wide because there's just no churches there, and people are so spread out, and so he can't exactly follow the model that we do here because his place is so different. He has to think about ministry differently. When For us, when we, he's not taking for granted divine appointment, it's just the place where God has him brings different challenges. And so for us, part of how we apply this idea of place is we think through this specific time, the specific questions, the specific challenges and needs, the specific ways that it looks for a faithful group of people who know Jesus. What does it look like for them to make the good news of a resurrected Jesus that is the answer To our sin and death problem, what does it look like to make that known? So that when we answer the question, why are we here? We can say, in part, it's because God has called us here, at least for a season. And then with that zoomed out picture, we can say, all right, well, then what does it look like for us to be faithful here What does it look like for us to follow Jesus here? What does it look like for us to love our neighbors here? And what does it look like as a church community to make the good news of Jesus known here? That's our goal as a church. That's what we invite you to help participate in and shape in the months and years ahead, however long God has you here. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, I ask that you will watch over us as a community and that you will encourage our hearts to not run or escape from this place with the challenges that it has, but to rather think of our season here in life as a divine appointment, a time where we can... uh, pray and ask you to give us both wisdom and energy to meet the challenges of our day here. I ask God that you will help us to do that faithfully in Jesus' name.